Warning, this episode may contain explicit language and spoilers for the entirety of the Reordenverse. Dear young demigod, if you are reading this book, I can only apologise. Your life is about to get much more dangerous. By now, you've probably realised that you are not a mortal. This book is meant to serve as an inside look at the world of demigods that no regular human child would be allowed to see. As senior scribe at Camp Half-Flood, I hope the top secret information within will give you some tips and insights that may keep you alive during your training. The Demigod Files contains three of Percy Jackson's most dangerous adventures never before committed to paper. You will learn how he encountered the immortal and terrible sons of Ares. You will find out the truth about the Bronze Dragon, long considered to be only a Camp Half-Blood legend. And you will discover how Hades gained a new secret weapon, as well as how Percy was forced to play an unwitting part in its creation. These stories are not meant to terrify you, but it is important that you realise just how perilous the life of a hero can be. Chiron has also given me clearance to share confidential interviews with some of our most important campers, including Percy Jackson, Annabeth Chase, and Grover Underwood. Please keep in mind that these interviews were given in the strictest of confidence. Share this information with any non-demigod, and you may find Clarice coming after you with her electric spear. Believe me, you do not want that. Study these pages well, for your own adventures have only just begun. May the gods be with you, young demigod. Hi guys, welcome back. Hey everyone. So, for those of you who don't know what that was, uh, that was the opening letter to The Demigod Files, because we are reading The Demigod Files today, or at least a section of it, for this little bonus yeah, episode. Yeah, so cute little thing into three mini-episodes. Welcome to Which episode really, when you 33. Think about it, when you think about it, we could have just combined them into one, but oh well. <laughs> I know, but like these are going to be mini-episodes, so it's fine. We always love a bonus episode. Yeah, so welcome back to episode 33 of the damn snack bar. Ooh. How's it going, Joe? It is. Okay, now, time. you had a mini rant to me before we started recording. I've read these before. This is the first time you've read them. Oh, uh, yeah, this is the first time I'm reading them, and I'm very mad. <laughs> yes, you have some opinions, and I'm just, sorry, I'm flashing back to our last recording of Battle of the Labyrinth, where I was saying that these stories are utter shit, and you were like, oh, don't say that. I was like, how do you uh, not know? You don't know the hell you're about to walk into. I wasn't. Okay, alright. I'll take you back. I'll bite my tongue. I'll then, then, then. <laughs> so, I yes, was... anyone who hasn't read The Demigod Files, was uh, wrong. basically, Rick decided to write his own fanfiction. And, and um, I've read better fanfiction. Yeah. <laughs> like 50 times better. For like, Rick, you suck at writing fanfiction. Yeah. So, before we even get into. Uh, the Demigod Files itself. I want to unpack that letter for a second. Alright, because uh, Keep in mind, it's night time, Jo's had a drink, and she's settled in. So, that letter uh, was, was written the by... Audience, that was for you, it was, uh, it was written by yours truly, uh, Rick Ryodin. I thought you were going to say, like, me. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, uh, he's, he's put himself <laughs> as the senior scribe for Camp Half-Blood. So, if Paul and Chiron weren't enough of his self-inserts, he has now literally inserted himself, yeah. himself, yeah. into this whole world. Because if you can't beat him, join him. Yes. <laughs> I also love that he said, if you share this with any non-demigods, and I'm like, hi, guys, welcome to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if any of you aren't fucking children of, dem- of gods, then um, maybe don't listen to these next few <laughs> episodes. Because uh, I kind of really don't want Clarice coming up with her electric spear. I would cry and shit my pants and then cry some more. It's broken. She can't chase you down. 
yeah. So, um, I think with that, we should just get straight into uh, this. So you're unpacking it? episode that is my unpacking that's all oh, I okay. to unpack there wasn't really anything else to unpack from that I just wanted to point out those two things uh, this self centered bastard was uh, yeah pretty much Ricky, uh, just that's a bit harsh. so for this episode today we are reading the Percy Jackson and the stolen chariot but before we get there I want to go through two of the character interviews uh, in this book so first of all I think we should kick it off with our good old friend Clarice. Because this, okay, well, spoiler, this little story is about Clarice. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to kick it off with her interview. Yeah, so, now, uh, there well, are... question is, who's conducting these interviews? Is it Dionysus? Were you oh, listening to the letter at the beginning? <laughs> no. Because while I was reading it, I was like, is Kyra doing this, or is Dionysus going around and asking these questions? No, it was Rick. Oh, well, yeah. that's less fun. Yeah, he's literally interviewing his own characters and then even these going into the section so... of his brain that answers for him. Yeah, but even these interviews destroyed the character development yes. that he'd been building as well. This whole book destroys character. It's like it wasn't even written by it's ghost writers. <laughs> it's it's possible, Joe. Or oh, Rick's just an idiot. <laughs> yeah, he's very well. lazy and he wanted to make money, which it worked because I bought this thing. <laughs> yeah, so um, if we're starting off with uh, Clarice's interview, she only gets asked three questions and the first question is who do you most want to pick a fight with at Camp Half-Blood? Spoiler, the answer is Michael Yu and uh, yikes. This is the first time we've really been introduced to Michael Yu. But it's also like big yikes because this is set in, you know, between Battle of the Labyrinth and Lost Olympian and um, yeah, some bad things happened to Michael Yu and the Lost Olympian. So, the poor kid, you know. Well, can I just say... When is this files? Are you sure this is set in this files? Because when I was reading through their little profiles, it's saying that they're thirteen, and I was like, mm. "No, they're not thirteen. They're supposed to be fifteen at yeah. this point." And then, so it sort of jumps around a little bit. I don't know if the stolen chariot. I think the stolen chariot is after the last Olymp. No, it can't be after the last Olympian. Oh, but um, the bronze dragon is definitely between because it has to be. Yeah, because Percy's talking about, you know, the quest when he turns, or the prophecy when he turns 16, and then he's talking about, you know, everything that's happened before, and he's also talking about, oh my god, I can't ask Annabeth to... to oh my god, to the fireworks! I can't do it. Oh my god. Um, Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, and it's when <laughs> Selena and Beckendorf get together, so... Yeah. That has to be then. Spoiler. And so does Sword of Hades, and so... Yeah. So really it's just this chariot one where it's like, this could be any time. Well, because... Percy's at school. You can eat pizza on a bagel! <laughs> because Percy's at school in this one, um, I'm going to assume that it's set in the school year, whereas the other two are set in the summer. Camp. Yeah. During camp time. Yes. Right after Battle of the Because Percy specifically, point, specifically points out, he's like, uh, Clarice is a year-rounder. Why the fuck is she out here? Yeah. So yes, uh, that's who Clarice would fight. Uh, Joe. Who would you most want to pick a fight with? Who would I want to pick a fight with? Yes. Grover. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you care to share why? <laughs> no. Awesome. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to pick a fight with Grover. I would want to pick a fight with Chiron. Just saying that right now, he's a fucking terrible guardian for these kids. True that. True that. Probably Drew pick a fight with her, but I feel like Fair. she'd be really good at insults, but I'd just be like, come and hit me, bitch! <laughs> I'd be like, fucking come at me, Drew. 
So the second Truth question. Truth and Aphrodite, an Aphrodite. She's a child of Aphrodite, and she's like your basic bitch asshole. Yeah. She's got. I by at the moment, Rick's given her no redeeming qualities. So she hasn't even been mentioned yet. Oh, okay. In, you know. Well, then never mind. She's not a character yet. Yeah. So the second question is: aside from your father, who do you think is the bravest god or goddess on the Olympian Council? Uh, her answer is oh. Zeus. <laughs> Ew. Because he took on Typhon he and took fought, on. took on Typhon and fought Kronos, and I was like, on Typhon. I was like, oh, uh, well, I mean, they all took on Typhon. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't really know who to. An- oh no. Okay, I said Poseidon because anyone who's willing to wear those Crocs to a birthday party, bravest person I've ever met. Are you kidding me? That's just a regular fashion. He just has great fashion sense. <laughs> That's not bravery. I think it's brave. No, let's see. I Especially think... if he's got the little pop things on it. Got... Like, like little... <laughs> he's got seashells on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so if we're going if we're going off just the main twelve mm. and Hades, obviously, because he counts. Mm-hmm. Oh. Who's the bravest? Probably Hermes, actually, I think. He has quiet bravery. And I think it, not not physical, like he like you know, battles and armor and yeah. blah blah blah. But he had to face his entire family and take ownership of the fact that his son is literally going to destroy them all. <laughs> it was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and he tried to make amends yeah. and yada yada. And that's, that's a different kind of bravery. And that's, that's humble bravery. <laughs> I feel like I'm not using this right. So they, do people get what I'm saying? I mean, yes. I just, yeah. Anyway, I think that is. Okay, cool. I also think he doesn't get enough attention. I'm like, let's give some Hermes some attention. And then Clarissa's final question is, did you ever get revenge on Percy for soaking you with toilet water? And I like this he question. She did. She did. Yeah. He just, she just failed at it. I like this question the most because her response is like haughty, but it's like, don't tell Percy that I said that because I'm I'm not scared. Um, If anybody says anything different, I'll rewrite, like threatening, you See, know. I thought that was... Diminishing of her character development, though. No, but up to this point, that is pretty much what we've seen from her. Oh, well, they're, they're 13 at this point. That makes more sense. Okay, because I was thinking, if we're going off um, Last Olympian, where she's with the whole Chris problems, and she's matured, and she's become a you know a better person, she wouldn't be talking like this. She'd be like, I don't... She'd be like, no, I don't need to do that. Like, that asshole can just... He's like, I'm just done with it. He can fuck off. We are not best friends. What? what? <laughs> And then, um, yeah, that's pretty much the end of Clarissa's interview. Yeah. Uh, so the next, yeah, the next one I want to look at is the Stoll Brothers interview because it made yeah. me giggle. So the first question I love that, that they included. I love that they had to have their interview together because no one can separate the two. No, them. one brain cell. So the first question is, what's the best practical joke you've ever played on another camper? They basically uh, adapted the golden apple of Discord myth and instead spray painted a mango gold and threw it between all of the Aphrodite kids and then uh, you know it was for whoever who's was the, the hottest. hottest. And yes. so all the Aphrodite kids are like, I'm the hottest, I'm the hottest, I'm the hottest Yeah. And then as punishment for the Stoll brothers, uh, the Aphrodite kids put curses on them so that no matter what they wore, their clothes were two th- two sizes too small and made them feel like makeup. a geek. Or they had to have permanent clown makeup for a month, which is just Fantastic cursing. And this is where your your input came for the whole Battle of the Labyrinth scene, where it was like, Aphrodite kids could have been doing something with their curses. Yeah, literally. Could have been so good. Like, because this is just practical joke this stuff. Is just Imagine, bad. This is just, 
Well, this is just practical joke level. Imagine if they were actually like, we're going to kill you mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> with our curses. Yeah. So, Joe, what's the best practical joke you've ever played on anyone? Let's see. Practical joke. I'm not very good at practical jokes. I'm good at making sarcastic jokes <laughs> in the moment. You can't just ask them to turn it on. It doesn't work. Have you ever played a trick on anyone? In my life. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Feels. <laughs> Um, let's see, I stole a car. No, I didn't steal it, I borrowed it, but still. When? <laughs> For a joyride. What? We were at school, I took a keys from a bank. Oh my god, I've never heard this. Um, let's see, no, I don't, I'm not gonna think of. And even see, if they were, they'd be so minuscule that it wouldn't even, I didn't even realise I'm pulling a prank, so that doesn't count. I think my I best one pranks. still stands as, uh, Shut up, I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> the time I convinced you that all the characters in the book you were reading died in a black hole at the end of the book. Okay, if you guys have ever read Maximum Ride, <laughs> you, you know that. understand that it was a, it was a possibility. It that was. was the ending. It really was. Series. After they spent time under the sea, underground, in in, in the snow, in, yeah. in and, uh, it was very and, uh, possible, and that's how I knew I could like, get away with it. Because it each, each book was just getting more and more extreme in its landscape. And so, okay, <laughs> it was like, yeah, there's a nuclear holocaust or something stupid. And, it's like, and they have to leave Earth because it explodes, and they're on a ship, and they get sucked into a black hole. And I was like, And I was what? very convincing. Yeah. Um, this was the first time I ever... My poker face, my poker face. I wanted to talk with her and, like, gossip about the book and really fangoil over it. Goyle? Fangoil over it. And she just oozed me and I was like, what oh, It was such a good time. Yeah, and I've never been sure about anything ever. I know, it's perfect. Just I just set the bar so, like, perfectly. I love it for me so much. But you didn't do it on purpose, it was just a happy coincidence. <laughs> like, you did it the first time just to have fun. And then, it never, then it, yeah, it sort of just, like, set me up for life. And you're like, oh, that's convenient. <laughs> you're like, what an accidental happy ending. Now you'll never trust me again. Yeah, <laughs> But, like, I'm good enough at it. Yeah, she he does the whole... There have been some books that I've read in the last 18 months that you've asked me about because you've also read those series and I've fed you, like, some truths and some lies and the lies you were like, what? And so now I'm just waiting for you to read them and for you to go, Kate! You and I won't serious. tell you what they are. I don't even know what book series you're talking about. Exactly. That's how good I am. I <laughs> and how many remember. books I've read in the last 18 months. We, we read a lot of books. We can't, yeah. we can't remember all of them. I know. Don't. It's lurking everywhere. Wait, is it Court of Thorns and Roses? Is that what we're talking about? No. No. No, it's a series that you've already partially read. I was going to say, you would be way too excited. <laughs> you were too excited to tell me all about Court of Thorns and Roses. That I've sure, because it's really life. shit, but it's really good. Yeah, it's fairy porn. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need to move on. Anyway. So, the second question that the boys get is, question? who would you most want on your team to capture the flag? And Wait, what book have I partially read? Well, serious. I'm not telling you. What? So, they both say that they want uh, the other on their team, but also probably the Ares cabin. Are you thinking Trials of Apollo? So. No. And so, Joe, who, what cabin would you most want on your Capture the Flag team? Hephaestus. Yeah, same. Yeah. Same. Lay all the traps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hephaestus or... <laughs> no? Just a Oh, Apollo. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. true. 
so then the third question is, what's well, the best part of being in the Hermes cabin? Because there's just a lot of people in the Hermes cabin. No, so the third question is, what's the best part of being in the Hermes cabin? And uh, That's our friends. Yeah, they basically, their answer is, you're never lonely and you always have someone to prank. And I was like, yeah, you'd never be bored. <laughs> he's like, he's like, there's always someone there to talk to, to hang out with, to pickpocket, what? <laughs> <laughs> pickpocket. To prank, to pickpocket. Oh, and I, I was it. like, oh boy, so good. So yeah, uh, with that, I think that we should get right into Percy Jackson and a Stolen Chariot, Joe. I first thoughts. Yeah, what, there's yeah. no chapter title. No, because it's just a short story. I know, but like, I was expecting some kind of snarky oh, summarization. Right. There wasn't one, and I was like, "Oh, this is weird. We're just starting straight into it." Mm. Mm. Um, overall vibe of this short story is just chaotic. It's just chaotic, and I love it so Tacky. much. Tacky! It's so... <laughs> I love it so much, because Clarice and Percy are like, we have to fucking work together, and I fucking hate you! Oh, no, no, this one's good. The next one <coughs> was tacky and horrible. Yeah, no, but we're talking about this one. Okay, sorry, but I... I the banter. Like, look, if, if it had been written better, <laughs> I feel like... See, it doesn't need to be written better, because it's just... Oh, just a little bit. <laughs> okay, what would be well, your suggestion to make it better? Re- again, he's doing the re-explaining everything, like, we don't know what's going on. Like, somebody would pick this up randomly. <laughs> well, <laughs> they might, because it says Percy Jackson, you know, and it's the thinnest one, so if somebody wanted to, like, just dip their toe in, no, they might pick it up in a bookshop. So dumb. Anyway, I just, I just, no, no, no. Well, then they're going to be duped because this is <laughs> shit writing. Yeah. It just, just, oh. Okay, this one, not so much. But, I, well, I feel like it ends too abruptly with a little happy ending, for starters. Where it's the ending's like, so cute. It's cute, but it's unrealistic. No fucking way would Clarice be like, I'm one of your friends, right? No. I think that she would, though. She's not like that, though. She is, though. Uh-uh. Did you read Sea of Monsters? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, but she, she wasn't even like that in Sea of Monsters. She yeah, wasn't she was. so straightforward about it. She didn't literally almost say the words, We're friends, right? You're my friend! Yeah, but then you also have to think about if this is set after Battle of the Labyrinth, she's just spent a whole summer caring for a person and, you know, time before that, caring for a person who basically didn't know that she was there. She had to alienate everybody that she was friends with at camp just to take care of this person and she's just been through the labyrinth by herself on her own quest to like figure out the labyrinth for Chiron so like I think the insecurity and the like you know pressure of the looming war definitely would make her react this way I absolutely think that because she's learning to like keep the people that she actually cares about close to her and so she's unsure if and Percy being the literal deciding vote of the looming war, <laughs> I would want to know if he was my friend. I would be like, mm, I, my friend, <laughs> So, like, I think it's totally... Yeah, like, I got you a cupcake that one time, yeah? <laughs> yeah okay. I showed your head in the toilet that one time, you remember, right? <laughs> I lanced you with my fucking electric spear. <laughs> Alright, well, I get, I'm just mad that it was written so terribly. <laughs> so, the plot of this actual short story is... It's good. Clarice has been given like, a... Like, the plot of this short story is really cute. And yeah. it's like, it's good. She's been given a rite of passage quest from her father to basically take his chariot for a joyride. Which is the common thing that most demigods have with their parents. Yeah. That there's some kind of rite of passage that they have to go... Like, even the Aphrodite cabin said that they had one where it was... There was... Drew was like... This is in Lost Hero. Um, the next... Like, the... 
Yes. Heroes of Olympus series. Anyway, but Drew was like, yes, the Aphrodite's rite of passage is to get a boy to fall in, get someone to fall in love with you and then break their heart, and then you're a true child of Aphrodite, or you've, mm. you've leveled up, or something like that. Level up! Level <laughs> up! Anyway, and the, well, you know, Piper is yeah. Aphrodite. She, she wants to fight that um, rite of passage. That's not mm. the point. The point is, is that it's common. To have yes. a rite of passage in each house. And this mini quest house. is even more important for Clarice because she's the first daughter of Ares to be able to undertake it in literally decades. So she's like feeling the pressure. So she thought it was just, you can have the chariot for a day, take it for a joyride, but the real test is, can you get past Phobos and Deimos? Phobos! <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I going, am I pronouncing this right? <laughs> I was going like, surely that's a joke because it sounds too funny. No, because it's like the root of phobia. I know, but Phobos <laughs> just made me think of some Spanish guy on skates <laughs> giving out food at a restaurant. Eh, Phobos! <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, Phobos and Damus, they basically make life a living hell for Carice because they're like, mm, just, only we drive the chariot, not just you. for a day. <laughs> yeah, so they steal it from her and then she has to try and get it back and while she's in the process of getting it back she's attacked by uh, a bunch of birds and Percy comes to her rescue and basically then goes let's team up because it's the only way that you're going to win let's make it two on two make it even a little bit even though they're minor gods like let's just do this yeah and Clarice like begrudgingly was like fine so yeah off they went and spoiler they succeed so Joe we're going to learn some things so the birds that Clarice is being attacked by, uh, she says that they are the protector uh, birds of one of Ares's temples. Yeah. So their names, <laughs> the name of the species is like Ornithus aeroi. Yeah, but they're more just known as birds of Ares. So <laughs> they're a flock they're like, of. I'm trying to pronounce that quickly. Yeah, they're a flock of uh, black birds with feathers as sharp and pointed as arrows so that when they fling them at you like porcupine fling them yeah. they stick in you and they don't poison you or anything they just kind of like, cut you over <laughs> yeah they were set to guard the sacred Amazonian shrine of Ares no. uh, on the island of Dyer so their most one of the most famous stories of them is when the Argonauts encountered them on their quest for the Golden Fleece yeah and uh, yeah they basically kind of they're confused a lot with the Stymphalian birds that we saw in Seed Monsters, and so ah, uh, yes. the Argonauts also used the banging of the shields against weapons to sort of, like, deafen the birds' berries and make them go away. Yeah? Yeah. So... What, what were the birds from Seed Monsters? The Stymphalian birds. You know what they the do? bronze ones that peck everyone's skin off. Oh, okay. Yep, yeah. continue. <laughs> So the birds of Ares. I always need a description when you do that because otherwise I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, the birds of Ares are symbols of. uh, They basically represent destructive thoughts of like judgment and hatred and contempt, Ah, jealousy. Of course, Ah. they're Ares' birds, and uh, yeah, so they're the angry birds. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, So yeah, that's pretty much all that we know about uh, the birds of Ares. They're literally only in that one story from the Argonauts, so that's fun. So then we got uh, Phobos and Deimos. So they always Phobos is more well known than Deimos is, and sometimes he's named after phobia. Sorry, phobias are named after him. (laughs) Yes. So Phobos is our uh, god of fear and also of flight, whereas Deimos is 
the god of terror and dread, okay. which is super fun. Uh, the twins also represent fear and loss, kind of. Yeah, and they're sons of uh, Aphrodite and Ares. So right. a big fuck you to Hephaestus, really. Yeah. Yeah. In he some, I feel like he at this point he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. In some myths, they're not actually gods; they're demons, which is where Deimos's name comes from because demons in ancient uh, literature is like demons. Yeah. Yeah. So like Daemon, Bevo Diaries. <laughs> Daemon Salvatore. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, Phobos is more well known than Deimos, and so Phobos uh, was often thought to have the head of a lion or the face of a lion. Oh. So his image was printed on a bunch of shields, uh, and they were especially worshipped in Sparta because Sparta was like war. And so yeah, when Sparta went to war with Phobos's, yeah, with Phobos's <laughs> image on their shields, it was like literally striking fear into their enemies because <laughs> it's the face of. That's of, funny. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Striking fear into the... Is that where that phrase comes from? Is that what you just said? I wasn't listening. Oh, I just said striking fear into their enemies, but... But is that where the phrase comes from? Because that's so good. I love that. The Greeks really do come up with everything. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's where it came from. Anyway, so yeah, Clarice is being attacked by these birds outside Percy's school, and he, like, fakes being sick to go and help her. And then once she gets out, once he gets out there, she's like, "I don't need your help." And he's like, "Um, yes, you fucking do." <laughs> so he don't bite. Yes, he fucking do. Yeah, <laughs> he kind of uh, won't take no for an answer, and then she kind of just goes with it, especially <laughs> when Phobos appears and Percy's like, "Oh, we have to take him down because I already hate him." Because <laughs> he's like, "I don't like bullies." Oh God, that's his main story. We get it, Percy. Love you. You don't have to keep repeating it. Oh, it's funny. And then there is a point where Percy and Phobos go head to head, and there's just this really great line that uh, is, the fear god looked afraid. Huh. Like, oh, I love it so much. When Percy Shouldn't was starting to get always be the, afraid, though? Well, it was when Percy was starting to get the upper hand uh, against him. But he's the god of fight. fear. Maybe his personal fear is that people don't fear him, and that he's Maybe. going to disappear. I mean, is he's the god of fear, so he would be able to establish his own. Yeah. But so in the battle, uh, first of all, they have to get to Staten Sorry, Island because that's pain and panic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, Percy and Clarice have to get to Staten Island because they've realised that that's where the twins have hidden the chariot, and so they take a ferry to Staten Island, and then Deimos appears on like a massive sea monster, and Percy's like, <laughs> "You're going to try and take something from my father's room? Yeah, absolutely like, not. This like, is what cost over I'm looking forward to." In my most powerful area yeah. of expertise, bitch. So then he basically like slices a wound into the sea monster's neck, and it like crawls away, and Percy notes that it's like that sea monsters are like big wussies yeah <laughs> over like, one cut and Percy's like, like they don't mm. stand and fight they're big pansies they really yeah <laughs> and so then they make it to you do the find chariot. that though yeah. whenever you watch any kind of movie or you see a book or oh, see a book you read a book it's like yeah we battled the sea monster it took a few hits but we never killed it it just swam away from us and it's yeah. like they never they never want to die righteously or they just <laughs> know when the fight's been lost yeah they're like oh fuck that shit <laughs> yeah and so then, the only time I've ever seen one, seen one actually come back and fight was Pirates of the Caribbean. The Kraken. The Kraken. The Kraken. 
And that's because everyone abandoned the ship, and so he was like, alright, fair free reign. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy ship. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack Sparrow. <laughs> so once they get to Staten Island, basically... Percy takes on Phobos while Clarice takes on Deimos, and Deimos transforms into the image of Ares to strike fear into uh, Clarice. And Which is a dick move. What a shit father you have to be for your child to be afraid of you, like, yeah. to that extent. For them to, for you to be their main fear, like, that's just, that's just shit house. Yeah, what a lovely life. Yeah, he's a dick. Like all gods, you know. Yeah. Who else isn't afraid of their parents? Yeah. And uh, Phobos chases Percy it, into an aquarium by transforming the chariot into a tank. And Percy's like, fuck. <laughs> so he runs away. And then Percy, Phobos almost bests Percy by transforming, uh, by showing Percy his greatest fear, which is Cape Half-Blood, basically in ruins and all of his friends begging for help. help. And uh, Percy snaps out of it at the last moment to, you know, Tell them because the fish are like, hello. He's like, my lord. Because they're at a zoo and he's at an aquarium and they're like, hello, yeah. hello, hello. <laughs> Anybody home? And he's like, oh, right, yes. <laughs> so yeah, um, I love that this is his. This is the only time where I'm like, yes, his fatal flaw is paying into his worst fear because his fatal flaw is supposedly I'm so loyal to my friends. Oh my god, and um, yeah, his fear is seeing his home or a safe place aside from his mum's house in ruins and his friends say, when on I, the verge of death this, I was like, like ah. Sally yeah. <laughs> I was like I also noted Chiron's not there <laughs> <laughs> yeah so then he uh, defeats Phobos and then goes out and tells Clarice that she can defeat Deimos she just has to stand up to him because he's a bully and uh, at first she thinks she can't but then she does it and yeah, then she gets the chariot and... Fear. A new one will come, don't you worry? Yeah. Because you cannot be fearless. There is no such thing. Exactly. Everyone's afraid of something. So yeah, then they do a dash or rob apart and they basically skid that chariot back to... <laughs> back to, to give it back to Ares and Percy's like, I should probably skedaddle before Ares shows up. And Clarice is like, yeah, that's probably the best probably the best idea and then they do have their little their little cute moment where Clarice is like I was I was one of the friends begging for help right and Percy's like yeah you were and she's like, like yeah yeah right she's <laughs> like yes on the right side of the war fuck yeah and, and that's um, pretty much where the chapter ends or the, the, the story they head out. absolutely bros for two minutes and then as soon as she's around her camp buddies again she's gonna pretend like she doesn't know him bros for life so yeah that's that's the end of uh, this little story and the end of this Little mini so as well. Yes. So, thank you guys for tuning in. It's um like, yeah, definitely episode. bad fan fiction. Oh, it's so bad. It's definitely like somebody just went or just went. If someone had said at like a fan event to Rick, what if Clarice and Percy had to team up? And he was like, oh, yeah, I'll run with that idea. I can make some money off that. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't care if it doesn't matter if it's shit. Like people like, buy this, it. This and like evidently, we both bought it. Look, this looks this reads like maybe a second draft that he just <laughs> published and you're like surprise there's no spelling mistakes you know? <laughs> that was only checked for yeah no that'd be like that's the only thing that they didn't change this like the story is the first draft they just corrected the grammar and yeah. spelling and were like cool let's publish it <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, yeah, so that's um that's pretty much the end of this little mini So we'll see you guys in the next one. We're still covering more. Yes, this is the first of three. We'll see you for the second. Absolutely. Come and send us an email. We are at we are damsnackbarpod at outlook.com. And on the Instagrams, we are at damsnackbarpod. Come and like all of my memes because I spend a lot of time making them and I'm very proud of all of them. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> and I'm always happy when I say something funny and Kate makes it into a meme that I go, <laughs> I contribute. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, Joe, you are 50% of this podcast, so you kind of have to contribute, otherwise it's just me talking to myself, which is sad. So, so like, what you do? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I, I will stab you in your sleep, because I know where you live. We live in the same house. You live across the hall from me. Anyhow. So, yeah, um, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.